0: Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I am your host, Laura Malone, and we're here to talk about life coaching, entrepreneurship, leading yourself well, and lots of spirit-led life and business strategies. So thanks for joining me on this journey, and let's jump into today's episode. Today, I wanna talk about learning how to turn your circumstances into teachable moments, because when you can figure out how to assess and evaluate what's happening in your life, in you and around you, then you can figure out how to turn that into something you can teach, how something, how it's something that you can coach on, you could coach people through when they come up with it, you can turn it into coaching offers, you can turn it into trainings and courses and content, you can also build an entire coaching niche and a business around something if you're able to understand the need people have around this circumstance or event or experience that you have become aware of. And if you know how to grow through an experience, how to move from one place to another, how to change something, transform something, get a result, and you can figure out not only how you can do it, but how you can help other people do it, then it's a great coaching opportunity. So I'm going to start with a vulnerable moment of my own life experience. Let's start back when I was 24. And I was offered a job as a surgical assistant and implant coordinator for an oral surgeon. I didn't even know how many teeth I had in my mouth, and he hired me. And I said, why would you want me? (laughs) I don't know anything. Like I fell into this offer of a job. And he said, I'd rather teach you and train you the way I want you to operate and work than have to unlearn, unteach, untrain all of the things that you came with if you knew anything. And God has really used that in my life so many times. When I have dreams about this with this doctor in my dream, there is always a sense that God is taking me into something that I have no idea how to do. And yet he's called me to it because he wants to be my teacher and my trainer in that circumstance. So I have enough knowledge about dental work to know what can happen if you don't take care of your teeth i was a surgical assistant helping him extract teeth not just wisdom teeth but good old teeth that you'll want to keep and constantly seeing what was happening for people and uh when they didn't take care of their teeth and so i've always been like a go to the doctor go to the dentist twice a year person I have, I don't have the healthiest teeth, like I have straight teeth that people always asked if I had braces, but I didn't, but it's because a dentist when I was young actually took a tooth out on my bottom, um, bottom set of teeth and he took it out and I have room (laughs) and my teeth didn't crowd simply because he took out tooth number 21. (laughs) And so I'm missing a tooth, but I had room for everything and nothing is Like, nothing is crooked because he just took it out. I don't know why he did. I love to ask him. (laughs) But most dentists will not just pull a tooth instead of braces. Like, they're like, you need that. And I thought it was actually quite brilliant. So after all of that, taking care of my teeth, I've had some problems just because genetically my teeth, uh, I have my mom's teeth. And it ends up that... A few years ago, um, I was took my daughter to New York City. We have um, all of our family is in New York, and we I took her for her sixteenth birthday to go see her first Broadway show. We went with some friends. We stayed in the city for a couple of nights, and before that, we went to visit my in laws out on Long Island. And I'm just taking literally just taking a bite of a bagel <laughs> and. My tooth fell out, like not my entire tooth, but from like the gum on the, on the far right side, like a side tooth. So it's, it's not the very back tooth, but you could see it when I smiled that the actual cap of my tooth was just, the crown was gone and it disappeared with the bagel. And I, it was the first day of our vacation. (laughs) I was like, what am I going to do? So I, I come home and you know what I did? Here's what I do with those circumstances. I just moved with it. I'm like, I'm going to own the lack of this tooth. Like, I'm not going to make this terrible or hate how I look or feel. It feels very strange with my tongue, like as I'm eating and things like that. But I decided, you know what? Nobody else is paying attention. I'm not going to let this ruin my weekend, my vacation, my daughter's birthday gift. Like, that's not what's happening. I'm going to own this and I'll rock that lacking tooth smile. (laughs) So I end up coming home, I go to a dentist, and my dentist actually has been doing root canals for decades. And I would always have told you, don't go to a dentist for a, a root canal. But I had to get a root canal and then had to have a crown put on that tooth. And I'm like, man, I'm too young for this. What the heck happened? How did that tooth just fall off? Well, he did the root canal and i come back weeks later and the lady goes to take off the the temporary cap off that root canal and i screamed and i don't scream and i don't really cry <laughs> i screamed and then i started crying i had to smack her hand because like my body just flipped up and and it hit her hand because it hurt so bad and she goes that doesn't hurt and i thought are you serious <laughs> She just told me I'm not in pain. And she went on to tell me how it's not possible. <laughs> and I'm like, all things are possible. You don't know me. <laughs> but this is definitely possible that that hurt like some insanity. I, anyway, it turns out the root canal didn't work. I'm <laughs> sorry to, I don't want to scare anybody, but <laughs> this that can happen. So, the dentist is um, befuddled, if I think that's the word, right? So he ends up having to do the root canal again. and he pays for it. I'm not paying for another root canal. like, dude, you did this. I don't know what the problem was, but you did this. But I I suffered a, I would call this a stress injury. And so you are familiar with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, but not all post-traumatic stress turns into an actual disorder, okay? And it's the same thing with TMJ, temporomandibular joint. Everybody has TMJ because it's a joint that's built into your jaw. Like this is something you have. What not everybody has is a disorder where the TMJ is not functioning correctly, right? So you in the dental business, it's dental work world. It's uh, everybody's like, oh, I have TMJ. Well, of course you do. You you were born with it, but you don't have necessarily a TMJ disorder until your your dentist tells you you do. So same thing with post traumatic stress. We all have versions and measures of post traumatic stress, but we don't all have a disorder. That is where post traumatic stress is causing certain things in our lives that, and in our brains and our soul that are causing us to function differently in a way that that it's determined to be a disorder. And what you can also have is post-traumatic stress injury. And this was a stress injury that I had. It was traumatic because it one, was it pain? But then two, I wasn't taken care of in that pain my emotions and my mental health were not taken care of. This woman shamed me and told me I was wrong and that it was impossible to feel the way that I felt. Guess what happened? He did that root canal and I haven't been back to the dentist since. Number one, I didn't want to go back to him. Number two, I couldn't even handle the stress of trying to find a dentist that didn't want to do root canals that would refer me to an endodontist in the future for root canals and other work, but also took my dental insurance. And so the amount of stress that it all caused, it was I like was suffering from it. This was over a year and a half ago. So instead of going to the dentist and getting the other work done that I need, because I actually need a root canal on my front top tooth, because somewhere along the way you can have If you have injuries to your teeth or some type of trauma to your teeth when you're a child or when you're a youth of any age, then it can actually harm your teeth later. And I have an infection at the root of one of my top front teeth that is eating away at the bone at the root, right? And that bone is part of the sinus cavity. We don't want this. But because of what I experienced, it triggered something in my brain that says, nope, we are not going back there. We will not do this. We will never get another root canal. We will never solve the problem we have because it is a worse problem than the, it's it's not as bad as the problem we're going to have if we try to go back to that place. The brain wants to keep us safe. It wants to keep us comfortable. So my brain continued to say, no matter how much I tried to coach myself, talk myself through it, inner healing, it doesn't like whatever. <laughs> it was not working. And I finally just got to a place where after more than a year and a half, the a cavity, like I'm sorry, a filling in the back of my other top front tooth fell out while I was brushing my teeth. I'm telling you, I have my mom's teeth. Thank you, mom. And this created a hole in the back of my tooth. And you know what I did? I said, I can deal with that. I don't care about a (laughs) hole. Like, I'm not going back to the dentist ever for the rest of my life. I don't want the pain of what they're going to tell me I have to do. Not just, I can handle filling a cavity um, or hole. Like, but I, I was like, they're going to tell me that infection is worse. They're going to tell me that root canal is a ticking time bomb, like an endodontist had told me, which, by the way, don't tell people that. And so on and so forth. You get the picture. I ended up finding a different dentist. I got really brave Monday morning um, a few days ago. I got really brave. And I said, we're just going to do this thing. We're just going to do it. We're going to get it over with. I said, I need an appointment. She makes me an appointment. Are you having any problems? Well, actually, the back of my tooth fell out. Oh, well, we'll get you in tomorrow. And I was like, no, I don't want to. You can't make me. (laughs) And I thought, no, I just want the appointment on December 6th, you know, because I got time for for prep. (laughs) And she's like, just come in. We'll take care of that one. We'll just, everything else will be on December 6th, but we're just going to take care of this one problem you have. And I'm like, oh, I got more than one problem. (laughs) And so I go in. Here's where this episode actually starts. That's all my story. That leading up to what I've experienced and my life experience, my job experience, and what I care about in life, but also what I've come through, right? I'm sitting there, lovely people. I love this office. I had tried to get in there a year and a half ago. They weren't taking new patients. And so because they weren't taking new patients, that's all the bravery and courage I had at the moment. So I gave up and I never called anybody else. (laughs) I called them again. I just felt like the Lord brought them back to mind. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna try again, see if they're taking new patients. They were. Lovely dentist, lovely hygienists, lovely people at the front desk, lovely insurance lady. Okay. I don't know about you, but Sometimes the people who take care of the insurance and dental and doctor offices aren't the nicest people. Okay, I'm gonna invite this lady over for like Christmas dinner. So the experience I had in the chair, I started, even though I have processed and debriefed my situation and how I feel, I could not stop talking and debriefing about what I had experienced and the dentist and the root canal and the the assistant and the pain and the shame and the you're wrong and it's not possible i it just kept coming out of me and i was like laura you have to stop talking about that like they are not your therapist they're not your coaches they're not even your sister or friends they're here to do a procedure not to listen to you they're not your chaplain So I couldn't stop. Every time they walk in, I had something else to say. I'm like, this stuff is just coming out of me. So I sat there waiting for them to verify my insurance since I'm a new patient. And I'm sitting and I'm sitting and I'm sitting. And the room is kind of chilly. I don't know why they do this. And uh, there's a TV on with it. Terrible. It's not even, it's like C grade Hallmark movie on Netflix. And I'm like, oh my gosh, turn it off. I finally reached over to the remote and I actually muted it on my own. I couldn't wait for somebody else to come back. And I'm sitting there and going, what am I supposed to be doing with this time? Like, I'm not even getting numb. They're not doing anything until insurance answers the phone. And I'm sitting there thinking, I know exactly what I can do. I pull out my phone, pull out my notes app, and I start writing that. This, we need mindset coaches for dental patients. I'm sorry, but I needed one a year and a half ago. I needed somebody. I didn't necessarily need a therapy for this, okay? I just needed somebody to talk to and I needed somebody to help me see my own brain. I needed somebody to help me understand what kind of beliefs were forming in my mind after what I experienced. I need somebody to help counter what I was I was absorbing the poison that I was feeding myself. I was I needed somebody to help me get outside and do some self observation work, right? So I wanted to share this experience with you to give you an idea of how to use something in your life to develop content and ideas and coaching opportunities and even. I am legitimately serious that this is a full-on coaching niche that could be a really successful coaching business. I know because I worked for years with patients who needed this type of coach that specifically uh, with specialty and experience could help somebody in this exact scenario, okay? So here's what I wrote. This is just sitting there, waiting 20 minutes for insurance, right? And I'm thinking, okay, mindset coaching for dental patients. If I were to start this coaching business, make this my niche, I would, at first what I did is I sat down and I said, what are all the things that are going through my head as a dental patient right now that feel like a struggle? And maybe even, maybe I'm not exactly feeling these, but what would other people feel? What have I felt when I was in this chair before? What... Do I need, what do I fear? What am I feeling, right? So here's what I wrote down. There's no clarity about the process. I'm not really sure what I'm sitting here doing and I I don't know what's gonna happen next. It's really helpful for patients to have clarity about what is coming next. I had fear of the pain, I had fear of the cost, I had fear of the time it was gonna take and I had fear of the overall experience. I felt overwhelmed. And here's a really big one. I don't wanna give up my personal authority. And I'm gonna say all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you go into a doctor's office, the dentist office, even like you go sit down in the chair to get your hair done. The people who have gone to school for this and know everything about it, they have a measure of authority because this is their practice or their salon or wherever you are, the mechanic, it doesn't matter, a lawyer. And it can feel very intimidating. And what we do as people, we end up giving away our personal authority in exchange for letting their authority have more power in the room. This can happen even at a restaurant. And I know that because I was in the restaurant business for a long time. and. I could see people give in to me, but I never wanted that. I didn't want power or authority, it was your waitress. Like, I'm here to serve you. But there's often times when I'm at a restaurant and I'm like, these people think I'm here for them. Like, <laughs> they think I came here to make their day <laughs> and, and, and help them have like a smooth evening. No, I came here specifically because I want this food and I expect this food to come out correctly. And if it doesn't, I expect you to take care of it. But some people just want to have this, I have the authority here. This is my place of work. This is my business. This is my practice. This is my salon. This is my chair. I'm the one that knows everything and you need to just go with what I say. I am a resistor to anyone who has no respect for my personal authority, my knowledge about me personally, about what I want, about what I feel, about what I need. So what happens is, we give away our authority and we let somebody else's authority reign. And then you can actually feel it. And if you think about it for a second, how, when have you been in a situation where you feel like somebody else, especially if you feel intimidated, that's what's happening. It's not necessarily because they're trying to intimidate you, but you are feeling insecure or less than, or you're confused or you don't know enough and you give away your authority to people who you think know more, or have the last word or the you know, the, all of the say. And I'm encouraging you, right, even just in this moment, this is a, a little rabbit trail, but I'm encouraging you to consider what's happening in that moment in your own mind and what your choices are because you don't have to give away your authority. You can get really specific and say, I don't want to watch this TV show. Would you mind changing the channel? Why not? What's a big deal? And even if they are not happy, the fact that you ask, who cares? You're the one that's there. You're the patient. You have power and authority over your own body and what you see, what you hear, what is done to you. And there just needs to be more insight to that. And I, I think a coach could help somebody regain their authority, regain the security they need, know what they need to know so that they walk in, sit down in that chair, and they're not gonna get pushed around. Even if the doctor or the dentist isn't trying to push them around, you can still get pushed around because you're letting your mind get moved. You're moving it. Your thoughts are moving it. And it's not always other people doing it to you. The next thing is, I don't know what to say. Or I feel the pressure to make decisions that I'm not comfortable with. I feel like I can't be honest about what I feel or want or need because I don't know as much as my dentist. Um, definitely dealing with previous trauma experiences, dental, there's always like so many people who have had painful experiences that triggered some type of trauma, and there is post-traumatic stress associated with it, even if it's been Suppressed. Uh, debriefing, like I said, all I could do was just keep talking about this issue to this nude hygienist and dentist who had nothing to do with it, and they're being kind and they're listening. But I really needed feedback. I needed um, somebody to to have some compassion for me and restoring trust. List. This is a big issue. Trust restoration in coaching is a huge thing in all kinds of areas and. If you had a coach that could actually help you restore trust in dentists in general or hairstylists overall, because of what's happened in the past, and actually move you through the process by helping you to debrief and get clarity and make a decision from a strong place of commitment and authority, then they can actually help you restore your trust in humanity in general, you know, so that you will show up and go to the dentist again. There's the discomfort of new experiences. They're uh, not just pain, but the actual experience itself. How to ask what you think is a stupid question. (laughs) Help me out, you know. Um, Sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. You need support. You need care, encouragement. Like I said, compassion, being honest with myself about feelings and why they are there being open with the dentist about my needs and my fears in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming to them where they can receive it and help me in it but i also don't just throw up on them right because if you can talk about it with your coach then you don't have to talk about it and throw up on your dentist how to look for new providers, how to deal with the insurance, how to see a referred doctor like my dentist is going to refer me to an actual endodontist, a specialist, right? Like you want to go to a coach who is a specialist in something. And I want to go see an endodontist. He's the only or she is the only person who should be ever doing a root canal in my mouth ever again. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> so. And then also dealing with the bigger things like root canals and periodontal work, infections, getting a crown, um, teeth clenching, the stress of that. You know, even people start clenching their teeth the week before they go to the dentist just because they're anticipating it and they have fear and stress around it. There's so many things. So I'm just sitting here writing out all of the things that I or other patients may feel. And it's all coming from my job experience and my personal life experience. So then I'm sitting there and going, okay, what kind of questions could I ask around this? You know, first of all, my question is always, does the Bible say anything about this? Like, what would the Lord say from the word that I could apply to this type of work? Um, I think if I had a client in this niche, then I would say, like, what if something goes wrong? How would I help them be prepared or mitigate anything going wrong? And then if something did go wrong, like, getting them to a place where they already are in the mindset that if something goes wrong, they're, they're going to be okay, right? How to say no. What if the dentist, the doctor, the mechanic, the lawyer, the, the hairstylist says something and you want to say no and you don't feel permission to tell them no? What do you do? What if you just need not right now? I need more time to think about it. Um, I want a second opinion how to do that? How to become the person who has gives yourself permission and there's room for that, right? What if insurance doesn't cover the work and it's already done? Boy, am I upset, right? How do I deal with that? That's something that a coach in this area could really help. And then I think that coach could also help a dentist, help the whole dental office, like teaching them things like uh, don't leave them alone for prolonged periods of time without explaining what's happening. If it was taking a little while to clear the insurance or the dentist is delayed with a different patient, give them updates and explanations. Don't just leave them alone. Honestly, so not okay. Find ways to reframe situations. So if somebody is having to wait, then do something like put a TV or a mirror or a game in the room, magazines, uh, make sure that what's on the TV is what they want. You know, these things will help lessen the frustration, impatience, and fear that the patient is already probably struggling with when they came in. Being gentle in your tone, your verbiage, your body language. Uh, a dentist or a hygienist is like, I'm just here to do a job, right? Like, I'm just going to get this thing done. I'm not your therapist. But if a if the people in a dental office can recognize that their tone, their verbiage, and their body language can really make or break a deal for a patient, then it would make a huge change for the patient overall. And if, you know, as a dentist or hygienist, whoever is working with the patient, if you see the patient's emotions start to rise, even if they seem mad, respond kindly. They're Feeling that because of where they're at. Every time a patient would come in and I would bring them into the oral surgeon's office, you know, we had to get their weight and take their blood pressure and their um, oxygen levels because we needed a baseline before we actually sedated them, put them in, like, did a surgery. And all of the time, people, even young people, their, their um, blood pressure would be high, and they would always say, oh my gosh, that's high. That's not normal for me. And I'm like, but you're in a doctor's office. So you don't even recognize how high your blood pressure is going, how, heart, how fast your heart is beating, because you're under a stress of this new experience, and you don't know what's coming, and you don't like being here, you, you wish circumstances were different, and you're not familiar with what's actually happening in your mind and your body. And if I understood that at the time, and I was able to talk patients through that and help them understand, and that was really helpful. So even just in the dentist office, being able to say that to them, and then Understanding people's natural defense strategy, how the brain works, you know, is really important. Listening attentively as they talk through what they are feeling, whether it's physical pain or emotional or mental. And if they've never spoken about their trauma or fear of getting there, it's going to get all poured out on you. Like, what do you do with it? How do you not take it personally? Warming the room up a bit is... in the surgery, like we always warmed the room up because people were needed to relax and they were sedated, you know, take out all those wisdom teeth and then they wake up. Nobody wants to be freezing and shaking. I have no idea why they make the room so cold. It just brings a whole nother level of physical um, issue for a patient. So I'm saying all of this for the dentist benefit because if a dentist truly wants to serve and help patients, these things are gonna ease the fear and discomfort that hinders the patients from regularly scheduling and taking action that the dentist would say is healthy for them. So as a dentist, it should be their goal to do these things because that supports what the dentist says they want for a patient. So I'm ca- talking through all of this because I want you to see, I just in one experience, I sat here out in my notes, right? Not only did I create content, I create a whole episode out of it, but I could have, by the end of the day, create an entire business around it. And I wanted to show you my process, the kinds of things that I was thinking. And one thing that I didn't write down is I remember sitting there thinking, you know what else I would do if I started this business and I was this type of coach, is I would help people understand what to do with their bodies while they're in the chair. Because I I have taught myself in those situations to just close my eyes, not stare at these faces looming over my head close my eyes. And because the bright lights and the look of these faces who are, they're not talking to me, it's silent in the room. All you hear is the drill and that's a stressor. So closing my eyes gives me the ability to kind of come back to center, tap in to myself and where I'm at. And also I specifically intentionally loosen my, um, my hands because my hands start to uh, squeeze and clench. And so I was constantly paying attention to the stress in my hands. And as a coach you could actually help your the, your clients become patients who are relaxed in the chair by teaching them relaxation techniques and things to focus on and so on and so forth before they even get there. All right. So all of that to say, what is it you have experience in whether it's job experience or life experience that you've made it through and you can look at it and evaluate it and go, I could walk somebody through that. And I could I could stop and I could think about how somebody going through that could specifically manage their spirit, soul, and body in that situation. I could create a framework. I could answer all of the questions. I could guide them into something. I could really help people get transformation or results in this area. Now, if you're interested in that, I will highly suggest taking the niche clarity course because it's exactly the kind of work that we do in there is deciphering what's going on in your life. And what is that thread that you care about enough? What are you passionate about? What has God called you to? And how does how does that become a core message in your own life? For me, one of my core messages is customer care, people care, customer service, you know. And so throughout all of my jobs, I've cared about people being taken care of. And that is really important to me. It's part of why I'm a coach is I want to see people taken care of. And this is the way that I choose to care for people is I can coach them with, through their mindset. I can coach them through like emotions, actions, And the the kinds of results they're getting, the legacy they want to create, and if they recognize the legacy they want, the, the end goal, then I can help them look at where they're at currently and how what they're believing and feeling and thinking is actually either going to end up giving the legacy they want to create or it's not. And then once we know that, we can make changes. And I specifically love to help multiply all of that by coaching coaches in their own life and in business. So the Niche Clarity Course is where I help you walk through that and ask yourself the right questions and do the work so you can pull what's already in you up and out and polish what is shining. And then turn that into a coaching niche or a coaching business or just a part of it or just some content. Whatever it is that you can pull out and whatever it is God calls you to do with it. So that course, I'll link to that in the show notes. And um, then that actually leads into the Called to Coach course, which is my new course that's going to be available for the Black Friday sale. Um, So listen for that. Get on the email list by signing up. Um, Jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. And the membership questions, it'll ask you if you want to give your email and get resources and things like that. Well, if you do that, get on the email list, then you'll know what the Black Friday specials are, when they happen, and so forth. And the Call to to Coach course is going to be half off, and it's going to actually help you streamline and set up a very simple and efficient and effective, successful coaching business. A lot of you just need to get started. So this is the framework. I use the Sakoka system that I talked about in the gardening series of share, offer, convert, onboard, coach, assess. And I teach you the whole system. I teach you all of the platform software, all of the things that you need to know how to actually start your business and get coaching people, doing what you're called and making money doing it. So look for that. And I hope you guys can take all of this and contextualize it to what you're called to, to what's in your heart. And it doesn't matter how good you are at doing something. It matters that you become someone who can help others do it in coaching. Like that's that's where your life experience is fruitful and beneficial is when you can assess what you've done, what you've experienced, what you know and turn it into something that is helpful to other people. Make it valuable, make it consumable, and turn it into something that transforms lives, makes the world better, brings the kingdom of heaven to earth, and serves God while serving his people, okay? Bless you. Remember, all things are possible. Everything is figure outable. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Hey friends, don't forget to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group if you haven't already, so you can connect with like-directed people and get free resources and ask for feedback. All the things that are going to help support you on your calling as a coach. I hope to see it in there and don't forget to subscribe to the show.